Welcome to An Uncomfortable Place on the Couch, a one-off podcast exploring Bedford-level experiments, place without a computer. My name is Darren Folds, and tonight, and tonight only, I'll be spinning Bedford-level experiments, place without a computer, from my uncomfortable couch. Joining me this episode, as he is, Robin Harbrin. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Harbrin? Very good, Mr. Folds. Thanks for having me. Thanks for helping me out with this. You're very welcome. I'm excited to do so. Say, tell me, what are we going to be talking about tonight? I don't know what, I do know what Place Without a Computer is. But for those who don't know what Place Without a Computer is, what is this? What are we doing here tonight? Don't we do Midnight Oil podcasts? That's right. So we've got the regular Comfortable Place on the Couch podcast. Yes. Where we've been going through all Midnight Oil's albums. Yep. Their third full-length album, Place Without a Postcard. Uh, We just recorded the podcast for a couple nights ago. And that made me think, hey, I wrote an album called Place Without a Computer. Sort of as a tribute to Place Without a Postcard. So it all started in 2015. I was participating in FOM, February Album Writing Month. Get yourselves comfortable, listeners. This is Robin's be... launching into a story. Watch out. This is Here a story. Comes. Yeah. So in 2015, February Album Writing Month, I got the idea that I would write my nerd origin story. I'm a computer nerd. February Album Writing Month is a an annual songwriting challenge uh, that happens in February, ah. where online people challenge themselves to write a 14-song album in the month of February. In 28 days. In 28 days. Every second day, you're making a new song. How much effort do people put into this? Like, Do they like get bands together and, and record like professional-sounding stuff? Rarely. Typically, okay. people... Uh, will sometimes people will just write lyrics and post them and say, imagine the music. Okay. Uh, some people will do like a ukulele or acoustic guitar or piano just kind demo. Just like scratch track or just something. Just guy sitting there yep. playing his instrument and singing along. Uh, and then some people try to step it up more. And, and I've been trying to do that. I, I work with my daughter, Rihanna, um, who is going to university for music. Yep. And she plays drums and keyboards and sings. Mm-hmm. And she assists me uh, every February as her old her old dad tries to do some stupid, crazy thing. Yep. So And she does it well. Yes, she does. So I got the idea. One year, every year I'm looking for a new idea. And I thought I would take the uh, Place Without a Postcard, that theme, uh, and do my own nerd origin story mm-hmm. being a kid born in the early seventies who grew up as arcade games and computers, personal computers and arcade um, and video games yep. first started to appear. Uh, I did not have one. It seemed most of my friends such as Mr. Folds, uh, the young Mr. Folds. I had the Atari 2600, Atari 2600. Then upgraded to the Coleco vision. You sure did. So I did not. But um, I saw these things around me everywhere. Mm. So it's kind of a uh, a first world problem album in a way. Um, But it's sort of a historical record for uh, a certain type of kid. Um, I think my story is not... Very relatable. Is relatable to a certain class of nerds 
who went on to become the computer, the IT professionals today, and the video game developers of today, yep. and so on. So um, Represented on the couches this So evening. sitting on the couch That's tonight. Right. So um, that is how this album started. And every song is connected to, uh, every song Place Without Computer is connected to its track in order from mm-hmm. Place Without Postcard. But they aren't parody songs. Right. They aren't, I didn't flat out rip them off. Yeah, it's not like you were taking an idea and trying to translate that into something that happened to you nerdily that you could relate to. Yeah. It's more like you used the, the songs from Place Without a Postcard as not even inspiration, but springboards. Yeah, lo- that's right. Launched into them. Uh, occasionally I did borrow the chord progression mm-hmm. uh, I found a couple places where I did that uh, looking over these songs just today um, but it's usually like two chords in a row or something and then it goes off on its own way yep. uh, lyrically I might use a sentence fragment uh, like down the road yeah, down the right. stairs yeah. an eight mile drive or in my case a 200 mile drive to Duluth yep. Minnesota um, yeah I found like as I was listening to it this afternoon that I really had to think, okay, what song is, does this correspond to on the, on the oils album? And yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not like if people were to, to go to wherever they go to, to, to listen to this album that they're going to say, oh, this is place without a postcard. They might find little hints of it here and there. Yeah. But it's not like a. Yeah. I, I didn't want to just rip them off uh, wholesale. I mean, that's not what February album Ray month is about. Yeah, the goal was just to take a, a snippet, listen to the song, the original song very briefly, try to get an idea of the mood of it, of mm-hmm. something, uh, take yep. take something from it, yep. and then just launch into my own song. I certainly do not have the vocal ability of Peter Garrett. You're and, not the scream factory. No, I cannot scream like that. At best, my voice is described as sincere. And uh, hmm. that's about the best compliment I've ever, <laughs> ever had. Uh, I am not a Jim Magini or Martin Rotzi on the guitar. Um, so it ended up actually, I, I played rhythm guitar all over it. Yep. Uh, and my daughter Rihanna on keyboards. Uh, I don't at all feel like we're challengers for Midnight Oil. Uh, maybe I could join as a bassist and not ruin the band, but that's... <laughs> You know, the band wouldn't be ruined. That's right. They wouldn't get booed off the stage because of your bass playing. No. Maybe the fact that you weren't the bass player. Who is the round-bearded Canadian <laughs> up on the stage? I would become the fourth favorite bass. You know, if I replace Bones <laughs> Hillman, right. then after Poor Bones, uh, I would become number four yep. uh, in popularity. And rank. Okay, and, and the other thing is all these songs take place, they're... they're Virtually all true stories, maybe slightly embellished, but basically completely true. Yeah, there's like this real mean guy in one of the songs. Yeah, Mr. Folds uh, may appear in one, two, or three of these songs. Totally mischaracterized as this jerk of a kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I probably was a jerk of a kid, in fact. So all these stories take place from roughly 1979 to 1984 mm-hmm. is kind of the conclusion. The golden years. Those golden years. And uh, so I'm from aged, eight, yeah, the golden age, yeah. uh, from maybe age seven to 11 or so is the 
the range that this is happening. Cool. Should we take a listen to some of the songs then and, yeah. and talk about them? Sounds good. Let's do it. I really relate to in board in my room is the whole concept of graph paper and yeah. drawing sprites and making maps and that kind of thing. Cause I was totally there Yeah, when I was a, a little kid. That was, that was what I enjoyed most about trying to make games was doing the graphics and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Graph paper was the greatest thing for us nerds. Uh, whether it was we're like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. We're drawing, drawing dungeons yep. on our graph paper. Yep. When we got our computers, uh, it's all pixel graphics. And uh, drawing out our sprites on, you know, everything gets a square. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just great. It was like endless, endless fun. Graph paper uh, was where all those things, all those nerdy things we, we wanted to create uh, could come out. And I think for both you and I... Uh, being a nerd wasn't just now. Nowadays, it seems like there's this mainstream yeah. geek, geek culture. Yeah, but it's all about consuming yeah. superhero movies and um, well, whatever else. Yeah, you can you can be a nerd with whatever you are sincerely enthusiastic about. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, and it's really neat to like even Thunder Bay's got its nerd con that yes. happens in the fall, and it's cool to go there and see people doing their thing, and and everyone's accepted. It's a really neat environment to be in. Yeah, but back in '83, yes, that's not what being a nerd was. No, no, it was, it was uh, being on the outside. Yeah, you were definitely an outsider. Um, if you were somebody who just wanted to, you know, stay home and read comics or draw computer graphics or yep. whatever you wanted to do. That was weird. It was weird. And you were an outsider. You weren't playing sports. You yep. weren't, um, you weren't being a regular kid, you know? Yep. And, uh, and there wasn't that acceptability and, you know, there was your game bullied for it on the, um, schoolyard yep. field, you know, and picked on by whoever the, you know, the jocks, the jocks, sportos. the sportos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it really was a different, world there this is a neat song um based on don't want to be the one oh yeah is of course the it is. original both songs are kind of like a three chord song uh board of my room is dfa it's like 
for the chord progression, yep. it's like a one, a minor third, and then a five, while the original is a one minor third and a four chord. Okay. Um, and, and an F. But uh, Board in My Room just stays with a, a three chord wonder the whole way yep. through, while uh, Don't Wanna Be the One, I looked into it today, and boy, it has a lot of other chords in it. The chord, somebody transcribed it, it has like a dozen chords, and then uh, it has this drum solo. Now, we yeah. didn't really mention uh, Bedford Level Experiment, you know, my band, so to speak. Uh, when we're recording, Rihanna, my daughter, plays the drums, but when we play live, Mr. Folds here I plays, get to sit in. plays the drums. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's great because we record as if we're a four-piece band, uh, but in reality, there's only two of us. So it won't mm-hmm. work very well live. Uh, so these drum parts... Um, they vary. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. If you, listen, if you listen to what Robin's got recorded... Yes. You get Bedford-level experiment. Right. <laughs> and if you hear a live version of it, it's different yeah it's different because rianne and i have different styles different styles mr foley darren's been playing drums a lot longer uh rianne was struggling through some of the drum fills we're like okay do a drum solo and she does her best uh, as a 17 year old her best rob hurst impression (laughs) which didn't work so well but she still landed like yeah it was really neat like we were just listening to it now (laughs) and i was saying i remember like that's not how I did the fill because yeah. Rihanna comes to it and it's like, like you're counting one, two, three, four, all yeah. the way up to it. And then what's going on here? <laughs> I can't follow it, but it lands on the one coming yeah. out of it. Yeah. So that's why we kept it. We're like, oh, that's different. <laughs> Sometimes you get happy coincidences mm-hmm. uh, like that. Yep. Lyrically, the only inspiration we got was uh, all I borrowed there was the Just kind of the meter, the right? delivery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's too cold to go out. I'm tired, tired of cartoons, cartoons. Nothing to read. Got nothing to do. Yep. And the story going on here is we're talking about the graph paper, and it's me dreaming of having my own computer at yeah. home. Uh, these are all the things I would do, and it wasn't back then in like 1983. You didn't go to the store and buy a computer game, really. I mean, you certainly didn't get it off the internet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you would either get, like, magazines or books and yep. type in the programs yourself. Yep. Uh, occasionally, if you had lots of money, maybe you'd go buy a game or something like buy a cartridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would also, it was assumed you would learn to program. Yeah. Every computer you'd buy included a programmer's reference guide Mm-hmm. That you would open up and it taught you how to program. Exactly. And, and yeah, and that and that's what I wanted to do. I didn't yeah. even really. I wasn't dreaming of playing popular games so much because there weren't there weren't like that really, many. Like, you're not going to get what was in the arcade at the time was like Donkey Kong and stuff like that. You're not going to get. They weren't doing ports like faithful yeah. ports at the time. Yeah. So you're just dreaming up your own stuff. This is what I would do yeah. if I had a computer and I could make my own games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Grocery store, 
restaurant When I'm at home This place without a computer Just listening through that, the thing that stood out to me immediately was kind of the lyrical hook for this song sounds to me like I saw their phosphorus glow and immediately I thought, oh yeah, that's, I saw the exits closing now yeah. in Brave Faces. Yeah, that's right. This this one is the chorus in particular, well actually the riff, this one maybe I ripped off the most, <laughs> you know. Um the, they both have an intro riff based on just like a B major chord yep. playing the, and then adding the seventh, going from the octave to the seventh below, like the, just a semitone lower. Yep. Um, I, I noticed that, that it kind of brings down the intensity of the album too. You kind of start a little bit bigger and bring it down a little bit, just like Place Without a Postcard does. Yeah. And place without a postcard um brave faces has this real good groove going with it too and so does this this song uh is deliberately slower than brave faces um i want to get even more kind of dreamy mm-hmm. um and after i started playing with it when i when i was working on this at first uh i think i was listening to dream academy's life in a northern town oh yeah and actually it has a similar thing where it's doing the octave the just the simple two note if you want to call it a riff, yep. a little, little small hook. Um, so, and then after that kind of droning on that same chord for a really long time, then when you switch to the major chorus, mm-hmm. then it really makes it sound bright and uh, very pronounced. And that's where it gets kind of that, um, that back and forth. Like I think when I'm drumming this one, this is where we switch the beat to the kick, snare, kick. Yeah, kick, snare, kick, part of it, right? Yeah, like going up to the the app, like the instrumental part. Me and then yeah, boom, boom. That's right. Lyrically, talking about where you got to go to get your video game fixes. That's right. Yeah, the it, day, yeah. This was just coming up to that time where consumer, like where you could go out and buy yourself something to bring home, get your parents to spend a schwack load of cash. Yeah. 
you can't get that happening, you're heading down to the bowling alley or whatever to try yeah. to find the video games. Yeah, basically it's just listing all the places in our, our in Thunder Bay, uh, our northern town in Canada, yeah. um, where arcade games were showing up everywhere in the city. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't have any games at home. I didn't have a computer at home. But, yeah, you go to the bowling alley, you go to the restaurant, you go to the laundromat, yeah. you go... Everywhere. To the Kmart cafeteria. To the Kmart, yeah. <laughs> the Chinese takeout, the bowling alley, the um, yeah, even the grocery store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just... I remember playing Crazy Climber at the Safeway on Arthur Nedley. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There would be like always two games shoved in the, the entrance way yep. there in the corner. It's funny, like even talking to just, you know, folks of our age now, and I, I imagine this happens to everybody. But talking about like favorite games and stuff like that, that you would play like arcade games that you would play as a kid and where in town they were located. And and people know, like people who grew up in the same town, you talk about it's like, oh, yeah, you want to play this game? You would go there to play that game. Like Sinistar was in this really run down uh, convenience store on Simpson Street. (laughs) But that's where Sinistar was. So you want to go play that? You'd go there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Elevator action. You go to that that arcade that was kind of behind the zellers on redwood <laughs> yeah it's like go down the back alley uh well it wasn't quite a back alley but sure felt like it yeah and the door was just a solid steel door with no window on yeah. it inset in the side of a brick wall yeah uh, and that's it <laughs> and and you'd go there after supper you'd jump on your bike and you'd ride across town past where your parents told you you could ride your bike <laughs> and you'd get a flat tire and you'd have to walk your butt. And why are you so late? Because I got a flat tire. Why did it take you so long to get home? Because I was halfway across town playing video games where I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. With the quarters I stole from your dresser. <laughs> I don't remember the stolen quarter part. That's well, pretty good. I, I did that. Yeah. That's okay. I, I've come clean with my parents. Yeah, you should yep. confess that. You're watching paddles moving. Watching pixels bouncing in Sault Ste. Marie. You're watching paddles moving. Watching pixels bouncing in Sault Ste. Marie. A couple girls are playing. You're intensely watching Sault Ste. Marie. beginning of armistice day with the piano chord that yeah. gets detuned yeah i was i was listening to that today and i'm not sure it's playing a chord or even just or a just single a note. Yeah. low note and then it goes down on exactly. armistice day on armistice day yeah but sous saint marie you it's like oh hey there's there's bong there's the chord <laughs> yeah that's great this is this it's not armistice day it's sous saint marie but i recognize this. yeah we did a full piano chord that was i think uh, definitely inspired by Armistice Day, but also by this Beatles yep. uh, at the end of Abbey Road. Same thing. So Rihanna just hauled on the piano for the one chord. Yeah. Because I couldn't figure out how to detune the way oh, yeah. Armistice Day does. I just do this octave slide on the bass. Yeah. 
and that kind of set up the, the songs diverge a lot oh, at yeah. this point because yeah. then I start doing this baseline. I call it kind of swampy. Okay. Baseline. I don't know why. Swampy this, moose. Swampy moose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm playing that that baseline while Armistice Day goes onto this really cool guitar line mm-hmm. that I couldn't possibly replicate. Uh, instead, we just focus on the bass. Well, and and Sault Ste. Marie is my favorite on the album, and it's just a super groovy song. Like you just, it's one of those ones that you just kind of put your head down and just start bobbing along to it, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's funny how congratulations, it out. <laughs> this is a great song. I'm making a song that you like. <laughs> you finally did it. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but I really like this one. What was interesting is when I asked uh, this album, I actually paid real money to have it um, professionally mastered. And I asked the mastering engineer, you know, what his favorite song was and what his least favorite song was out of it. So, you know, I thought, why not? Yeah. Uh, his least favorite was Sault Ste. Marie. And yet, uh, overall, I've had so much feedback. That this is actually people's favorite song on the album. So, yeah. What can you do? Um, Keep writing them. Amusingly, Sault Ste. Marie uh, is even more backwater than Thunder Bay. It is. It's an even smaller place. <laughs> but it was actually, uh, I did one interview uh, about the album on this uh, Geek Music podcast. And he, and the interviewer totally knew Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, yeah. Because the, the board game Ticket to Ride. Yes emphasizes Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, that's one of the stops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and no. not Thunder Bay. No, not in Thunder Just, Bay. Just, I guess, because the, geog- the geography. Although there are better German rail games that do include Thunder Bay. Ah. And the Nimble Bit features Thunder Bay in one of their games, too. It's a destination mm. you can go to and cool. not Sault Ste. Marie. And not Sault Ste. Marie. Mm. There you go. Just saying. So yeah. this this one is... is this one is basically your experience on a road trip. Yeah. Sp- getting some other video game. That's right. In. So this one's probably one of the earliest ones, maybe like 79 or 80. Um, when I was like eight years old, maybe a bit older, but it was something like that. And uh, as we've mentioned on, on the real podcast, Toronto's a long way. Thunder Bay. You have to drive to Sault Ste. Marie. If you're, yeah, yeah. If, if you're you, going to drive, if you're going to drive Toronto from Thunder Bay, you're going to spend almost eight hours, about yeah. eight hours, driving to Sault Ste. Marie across the northern shore of Lake Superior. Yeah, and then you're going to spend like another ten hours to get to Toronto from there. Yeah. So when my family would do this, like you know, I was just a kid. My parents, we decided we're going to Toronto for summer vacation. Uh, so we would drive Thunder Bay to Sault Ste. Marie the first night, and uh, stay at some friends that live there like friends of my parents who had two daughters about my age mm-hmm. uh and one year i think we'd gone multiple times but then this one year there was a pawn machine down in the basement and that was the first time i had had, had access to pawn for like a 
couple hours yeah. or whatever before it was bedtime. And so I played that obsessively. I like the lyric. A couple girls are playing. You're intently watching. Yeah. You're watching the video game. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it feels, I'm trying to place the age of this. Cause I, I think I was, I was aware that these girls were kind of cute. Yeah. Um, and kind of my age or whatever. Yeah. And so maybe that added something to the memory, but yeah. really I was, I was pretty focused on the pong. Oh yeah. Four game variations. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and one of the lines that became the most popular oh, yeah. in the song is, I like the hockey. I like the hockey. Me and Richard yeah. took it upon ourselves on the live shows just to belt those ones out. To emphasize out. Yep. that. Yeah, because uh, Pong units, the very first ones were just tennis, but then they would add extra game variations. Exactly. Extra sports. It's like, oh, this, this one has four sports in it. <laughs> and really it was just Pong but the ball would was bounce the like, wrong way. Okay. Was, for, and sometimes did they have like overlays for the for the televisions that you could put yeah, on? Yeah, they, they probably, yeah, some units definitely did have overlays. Um, but of course that won't, you know, depending oh, yeah, on TV size true, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the hockey variation would have two paddles where one Ooh. is your goalie and one is your forward. Yeah. And your goalie acts like a regular tennis type yeah, pong blocking ref, the blocky, ref, yeah bouncing it back but your forward would um divert the ball but not bounce it back so it oh, was okay. like you, the goalie you would pass it to the it. forward and then you the, the one timer the forward would do the one timer <laughs> up front so yeah so this is ice hockey which of course is a big part of exactly canadian worth canadian I'm, I'm life. thinking if our regular audience hears this it's going to be 80 percent australian yes. so Wikipedia is your friend. Look yeah, it up. They, I'm sure they know, oh, yeah, know generally about ice yeah. hockey. Black and white didn't matter. Monochrome forever. I like the hockey. You know, I'm doing a kind of a confession here of what I stole from Midnight Oil. Oh, yeah. Uh, it starts off with the whole you're watching people. Yeah fighting you're watching people. people losing yeah uh so that's why i took this kind of third person perspective in the lyrics right and then i switched to first person in in a later verse yeah. i think uh so that's the only reason i did that again just in, in february album writing month you don't have a lot of time to really no. finesse things so it's like okay i'm taking inspiration from this i'm gonna start writing it and that's probably yeah. what happened and that comes out that's right so i you know, I'll borrow like four words to yep. get me started, yep. and then that's it. And there's yep. no, no, absolutely no other relation between these songs, like lyrically. Yep. Um, but yeah, you use that little seed to whatever it is yeah. to get going. Right on. Going to the dungeon. That's what they called it. Down in the basement at the university. Ten years old, my aunt brought me. I just wanted to play R O G U E. 
talking about Rogue. R-O-G-U-E. Yeah. What is Rogue? Rogue is an early computer game on terminals. Yep. Uh, yeah. And turn-based dungeon crawling type thing yeah it was kind of the original dungeon crawler and the rogue like genre continues to be actually it's exploded in popularity uh on mobile phones and so on um but so yeah it's a very early dungeon game that started in the 70s yeah yeah and this song starts with that drum roll yes yeah we couldn't resist clone whatever the oils did that was like weird yeah like at the beginning of a song yeah yeah, we, we just had to... Just took it. We had to imitate that. And it sounds to me like, um, not necessarily melodically, but um, the kind of the rhythm of the of the lyrics yeah. seems to match pretty good with uh, someone else to blame. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, but uh, different music going on. Yeah, different chord progression and different... Uh, yeah, basically everything else is different. Yeah. But yeah, there... That's right. You could still probably sing the lyrics from one to the other. Uh, Richard Pepper is is our live yes. bassist for yeah. Bedford, Bedford Level. Um, something else that I noticed that is a little bit similar to someone else to blame is it's all in when it comes to the chorus, both songs. It's just everyone kind of comes in, nice big choruses. Yeah. Kind of getting your your vocals are getting growly at that point. Th- those don't sound sincere. Those aren't earnest vocals. Those are angry What's bearded man vocals. <laughs> I, I did my best to play it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it works. An extra um, half bar of of music coming out of the second, to, or to, coming out of the last verse, just to throw things off a bit. Yeah, and I think the timing's kind of strange throughout this song, but it particularly comes out there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, where it's difficult to count count it so yeah it's an extra half bar yeah now that you mentioned it, i think that i remember us having a few arguments on <laughs> how this goes but yeah often when we play live someone will count us in who's it going to be who's it going to be and if you're going to count us in count us into where we need to be don't count us in one two three four if we really should be counting a, a two three four boop a doop a doop yeah sometimes it was like a yeah. two three four and i think in this song we i actually get to do a couple drum count-ins as well like in in the mid in the in the middle of the song yeah that's how we actually managed to pull it together is once we (laughs) assigned you yeah that's right okay let's just let darren do what he thinks is right and then we won't have to argue about this yeah we'll just go with what the drummer thinks we're not going to convince him just let him do what he wants to do (laughs) yeah yeah and um so the reason i i spell out r-o-g-u-e is twofold uh it was a challenge uh for FOM, February Album Writing Month, they have weekly challenges that okay. you try to work into your song. Yeah. Just like a little one-line thing. Yeah. Like in this one, uh, you know, spell, your your chorus should spell a word, okay. for example. Yeah. yeah, And then, so I try to think, uh, where would that be appropriate? Well, in this case, it's sitting at the old Unix terminal mm-hmm. where we played Rogue yep. and actually typing in the command, R-O-G-U-E, return or enter yeah. uh, to launch the game. So, And that's often, if you want to talk about songwriting a bit, um, we often, well, more so in, in past years, not so much recently, we, uh, we've had groups on the internet that we've been involved with that would do kind of songwriting challenges and get together to do kind of things. And one of the things that we like to do is impose a 
restriction or a rule or just just nothing major but just something small and often that really helps you might think oh well constricting yourself making yourself have to do something limits the creative process but often it actually unlocks stuff that you weren't expecting to happen absolutely yeah like this whole album will farm itself is a constriction is because you you must get 14 songs done in 28 days that's already a limit and then these extra rules yep and when i base myself like you know i I don't want to rip off (laughs) the oils uh but it's kind of like a limitation it's like i'm going to launch off their song and probably create something original enough that you're not going to get sued. I'm not going to get sued. <laughs> and that maybe even an oils fan would listen to if yeah. they didn't know. Yeah. Well, they might just go, oh, this is crap and turn it off. But <laughs> but if they were to listen to my music without knowing yeah. the secret, yeah. um, would they realize? Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. So here's a challenge for those of you who are listening. Sneak Robin's album onto your oils buddy's iPod. Do people have iPods? iPhone. See if they notice it. <laughs> nah. No. No. Well, you we'll put it, it on their Spotify playlist. Yeah, there you go. Because it's on Spotify. Cool. Hoping that I could play again I went over to a friend's Anticipation overwhelmed me Hoping that I could play again I want a turn. Yes. And again, listening to it this afternoon, didn't pick up on it, but now that I've got my notes from Place Without a Postcard right in front of me. Yeah. Well, of course this is Basement Flat. And and not, of course, this is Basement Flat, but I can totally see your intro taken from Basement Flat with the kind of the the quiet acoustic two two or four line verse. Yeah, and then repeating with the with the full van with the full band right after that. That's right. Yeah, singing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I deliberately recorded it. Uh, I have no idea how they record the original, but uh, apparently they had Peter Garrett lying on the floor. Oh, where, where with, did you see this? Rob Hurst. Really? Yeah, video. Yeah, and I didn't mention this at all. Oh wow! When we recorded the... a couple nights ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lying on the ground um, with a microphone way up on the ceiling to kind of give you that space for the, um, for the beginning of it. Actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking about this, this might've been Armistice Day. Ah. And then they brought it down nice and close later on. Okay. Yeah. So it's an interesting tidbit for you. Yeah. Wrong song. But not this song. Not this okay. song. Yeah. Yeah. So I just imagined it was uh, a distant mic. So that's what I did in, in my, my basement, on uh, my basement flat, in my that's basement right. studio. Uh, 
I, I put the microphone across the room where the rats have run the, the where race. the rats have run run have won, won the, the race. race. Yeah, no rats in my basement. Occasionally mice, but um, so the yeah the microphone well across the room, and then I just played and sung. Oh, yeah, the yeah. intro. That's cool. Live. Like how far away? Just curious. Like probably ten feet. Oh yeah, twelve feet. Yeah, for sure. Something that's, like that. That's a ways away. Yeah. And uh, just turned it up, and uh, and I am just singing it live, like acoustic guitar in hand. Yep. Yeah. And but pitch down. I believe that's what they do too. Is they the intro is in one key. Okay. And then when the full band comes in, it raises a semitone. Right. But we so, don't. Not I'm a drummer, so I I don't know these things. But I don't think we did that when we played it live. Did no, we? we just skipped the intro altogether when we did it live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been. Yeah, like to switch the acoustic guitar off or something sure, like that. And throw sure. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just skipped it. But I watched him play and fall, and Cosmic Arkin was the best of all, rescuing those strange little creatures. Later he told me. Finish the game, traveling far enough, the ending came, the art had returned to earth. Um, what's the story behind this one? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you got some cool friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was, uh, I went to school at Edgewater Park, which was two long blocks away from home, from my home. Yeah. Uh, and halfway home, one yep. block away was this kid named Darren Folds <laughs> who had an Atari 2600 and a later ColecoVision and yeah. so on. And he would talk about all the video games he had. And we were kind of becoming friends at school. Yeah. I didn't have any video games, so I thought... This oh, would be a good guy yeah, maybe, to get invited over to his Yeah, house. maybe I can get invited over his place and play some of these video games he's always talking about. <laughs> uh, so he said, okay, yeah, you can come over. So I went over and we went down into his basement and he had Pitfall on Atari 2600, which yep. was the coolest game. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he I, said... I played it for hours. Then he said, I'll play first. And then he started to play the game. <laughs> and uh, but after a level die. after a level or two, yeah, he'd, he'd get through a couple screens worth. And then like the crocodile would get him or the snake would get him. Or he'd sucked fall into the lava pit. Sucked, into the, the, sucked pit. into the pit. And he'd go, oh. I'll just re- and then he reach over and hit the reset button on the game because on the Atari twenty six hundred, yeah. just a nice little switch on the top. Yeah, there was a big pull, pull this pull switch. Yeah, yeah, and and pull it and then no he- waiting for anything to load. Nope, it was a cartridge. Yeah, bam, it was, it was there starting the next game. So he'd yeah, instead of like dying three times, getting game over, and then passing the joystick to me, he would keep saying, "Oh, it wasn't a good start," and then he'd start a new <laughs> game and start a new game and start a new game. And I just kept watching and waiting for my turn. Finally, he would hand the joystick to me. And I'd like never played it before. So I was terrible. But I didn't get the restarts. <laughs> I'd die three times quickly. It would go back to Darren. So this Man, is this is the I truth. Would, I wouldn't have stuck with that kid if I were you. <laughs> but, you know, if, if I can say anything good, hmm, I'll try and think of something good. We'll get back to you on that. What about, what about Cosmic Arc? Because that's a fun oh, yeah. part of the story, too. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of unrelated, but uh, another great... This is my favorite Atari 2600 game is Cosmic Arc, 
uh, a little known game where you are flying. Oh, I wrote a song about Cosmic Arc as well, but that's not, on, not this on this album. album. Um, we'll do a podcast about that song. Maybe. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Cosmic Arc, you are like a space age Noah with this Arc ship yep. trying to pick up two of the animals from every planet for the solar system that's about to be destroyed. Darren had that game. I would play it at his house, but then he would you know, get to play it all the time, yep. in my opinion. Um, anyway, he came to school one day and said, hey, I beat Cosmic Arc. <laughs> I finished it. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, I finished wow, it. Such a hard game. I said, well, so how, what happens? What? How is it? It's like, oh yeah, you go through all the planets and you get past, you clear the whole solar system out. Like you go past Neptune or Pluto or whatever, you get them. And then you go back to Earth and you land there and there's all these people waving. Cheering They're for all you. cheering for you. <laughs> and like, and, and the funny thing was it was totally conceivable the way you described it. Yeah. I could imagine it the game actually doing that and showing the people. Yeah. And the Atari is capable of roughly of what you were saying. So, um when you did the video for your Cosmic Arc song, didn't we yeah, fake that? Well, this is the thing. I I haven't finished that okay. video yet, but Darren, and this is a, a very nice way of making up for his lie, <laughs> uh, is is Darren is a very good uh, graphic artist kind of guy, way way better than, well, not just way better than me. Maybe, but, I, yeah, it's safe to say I'm I'm a better, I have more experience than Robin does. <laughs> We can leave it at that. So, so Darren very skillfully made some fake Atari twenty six hundred footage. This is just a year or two ago uh, of this supposed end scene. Yep. Uh, so I have that file. Uh, I have not completed the video for this song yet, mm. but maybe someday. Someday I really should because that was really excellent that you made that. It was kind of full circle. It was a. It was a nice. Nice little thing. And anybody who's listening to this, don't tell the wider internet community that, that we've got this up our sleeves. Yes. Because it might come out as like a a practical joke type thing. Oh, you could actually finish Cosmic Arc. So don't ruin the surprise if we decide to pull a joke. Yeah. Can I set the record straight on some other lies in this song? Oh, sure. Yes. I never had a bar fridge filled up with pop. No. Uh, that was that was a, a a liberty. You had a bar. We did have a bar. It was and, a dry bar, and we had a we had a fridge in the laundry room. Yes, that was filled up with pop, that was filled with including pop. pineapple crush. Yes, yes. So yeah, I I conflated two things, two true things about Darren's basement, uh, into one lie. That one line. Yeah. That's no, no, not one line. One lie. One lie. Yes. One two truths make line. one lie. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you might say that's just efficient songwriting. Yeah, let's stick with that. Yellow disc with four buttons, and in the middle, 
It was a vacuum fluorescent, fluorescent display. display. And, you, right. and it would be dedicated to one particular video game yes. that you could play. And so the first verse, speaking about Crush Beverage products, yes. was the Pac-Man that you could get by collecting Pac-Man, the letters that spelled Pac-Man, under the bottle caps of Orange yeah. Crush and stuff. That Absolutely. So when I would go to Darren's house, we would take free pop from his... We would drink the pop. Drink, because, okay, so Darren's dad yep. worked for Pepsi, so that's yep. why there was always the pop that fell off the back of the truck. <laughs> is, is that, that's the story. That's the story. Yep. There was always the this this pop, this soda for other parts of the, the world that call it soda pop or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, and we would open it up, and then you'd get... You'd peel out the label yep. and it would spell if you could spell pac-man then but the c was hard, hard to, get, to get but i went to darren's house and, and i got <laughs> fortunate <laughs> enough yes uh to get the c but that was kind of i think that was wasn't that a tense moment that's like i i got the winning thing but it was actually yours and you gave it to like i have a different recollection okay. of it i i had i got the pac-man too so, oh, you did too. Maybe, we both. Oh, we, we both, both got had it. Pac-Man's. Okay. Pac-Man's. Pac-Man's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's good. Somehow. Yeah. By hook or by crook. Yes. We got the C's that we needed. Yeah, and you know what? I managed to find. I found a guy on eBay selling like the P or okay. the M. Yeah, and I've got, but from Hires yeah. Root Beer. Yeah, because Hires and and Crush products were together in Canada. At that time, they were distributed together, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I actually have one of the letters now. I think I told you about that, because I was thinking about making a video for this song. Yeah, that's right. And trying to have the real thing. Okay. um, So back to the song. Yes. So this is springboarded from Written in the Heart. Yeah, it was Written in the Heart, and basically they both have a a riff, uh, a chord-based riff progression that continues through the song um and the way the verses are very chromatic there's some unexpected chords Mm -hmm. but um so i tried to borrow that feel but not uh but use different chords uh, to achieve the same kind of feeling Um, rhythmically, I'm. I think that I'm hearing in the chorus kind of that. Even though we don't play it tom heavy, I still kind of feel that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That that's right. And uh, the vocal rhythm, like the Godforsaken Rifleman, stands yes. rigid at the bar. Yep. Uh, collecting collecting the ball, the ball caps, caps. We, we need, need all six. six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same kind of rhythmically so, going through there. Yeah. With the lyrics. And yeah, and you're talking about the vacuum fluorescent displays. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's right. Liquid crystal displays, LCDs, totally replaced them in all later electronic games. I remember you having Defender was a vacuum fluorescent display. Yeah. Pac-Man. 
Did you have Frogger? No. But f- was Frogger LCD? Um, it might have been vacuum. If it was from the era of the sta- the little yep. mini arcades, that yep. was vacuum fluorescent display yep. too. VFDs. Yep. Vacuum fluorescent displays were much more expensive to produce uh, for the manufacturer. Yep. Less reliable. Uh, were they? I thought that they were. I thought that knocking them around could. Oh, could maybe. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing is they used a lot more power mm. to yeah. display. They were much more power hungry. For Rayovac batteries? For Rayovac batteries. Yeah, big, yeah. Uh, or at C's? least, no, maybe they're only C's. Yeah. But, you know, of course, nowadays, yeah. everything's just double A's. Yeah. Uh, so you need those big C batteries, and it would only last a while. But the picture was so, like, because it was full of these brilliant oh, yeah. colors. Yeah. And different colors, too. Yeah. Uh, so in a lot of ways, they were superior to, um, aesthetically. Also, yeah, Defender oh, oh, yeah, and the Tron game. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, is those are what the three verses are, and those are the three games I owned. Yep. Uh, for it, it was a convenient. Um, the Defender game had this pitch control on it yes. that you could twist, and it would actually change the whole speed of the game. Uh, arguably, for to change the difficulty of the game. Yeah. But really, it changed like the pitch of the sound effects. Yep. Absolutely, everything sped yep. up or slowed down. Uh, and we kind of worked that into the song. That's my favorite part of the song. That's the part you when like. we play it live. Yes, we uh, do a, a different kind of. We take ham on we it. ham it up more. Oh yeah. We pull it. And then at the end of the song, we just have to give credit to our friend Brian Dunn. Yeah. Uh, for this weird F chord that I just had to throw in there. Tab it out. It's like the six strings. One one zero zero one one. That's like a tab yep. for that chord. Uh, and I don't know. He taught it to me like twenty five years ago or something. Yep. And in the early nineties. In the early nineties, I'm still playing it. Canada, there's a band called Rough Trade, mm. and in the '80s they had a song called "High School Confidential." Oh, that was a Canadian hit, really? Yeah. Oh, I assume that was. Not I was Canadian. thinking. I was. When we play school evacuation, <laughs> I just in my head it's high school confidential. Funny. Yes. Similar chord progression. No. No. <laughs> so what? What is it about the two that the word school? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. 
it do, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take to relate much to, your to distract me, make yeah. me think of something else. This I said earlier that uh, Sault Ste. Marie was my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I really like this one too. Okay, this has got a, a really good kind of groovy, shuffly kind of thing going on, and when we play it live. I think we play it a, a a lot more, a little dirtier, a little looser than than you did on the recording. Yeah. Uh, that I, I I've got my notes um, for it here, and it says, you know, play with the hats open and stuff like that. And we kind of we're trying to get a grungy feeling going for yeah. the song. Yeah. It it turned into this one is has so little relation to the original. This this is Bernie. Yeah. This is school evacuation, based on Bernie, but it has. I don't know, so little to do with Bernie. Can you think of what the jumping off point was? Well, just try, again, try and get a chord progression that kind of was reminiscent. Like, Bernie has kind of a similar chord progression okay. underlying yeah. it. Yeah. And that's about it. But then it turned almost into like a Nirvana-ish mm-hmm. song. Of yeah. course, again, I have, you know, 1% of the passion of Kurt Cobain vocal kind of thing. I don't... I don't Sure. I, I'm not trying to say, boy, we're like Nirvana. I was going to try to make some comment about how easy it is to play grunge. Here's the quiet verse. Here's yeah. the loud verse. And just play it all right. awfully. <laughs> Speaking of awfulness. Yeah. And when my parents got back right. home. There's, you sing. The yeah. melody in this is just so jarring at points. and. My wife had to listen to this this afternoon. <laughs> she endured it again. Yep. And she says, oh, man. I said, just, you just need to listen to this once. And she said, if only I had to listen to it once, because we would do our practices in the basement down here. She's heard these songs a lot. Yeah. It's, it's such an off-putting, but at the same time, I like it. Yeah. Part of the melody it's there. It's the hook. <laughs> it's the one note. The horrible, the horrible hook what is that, that makes note you doing want there? to tear your yeah, ears out. So it's when, and when my parents got back home. What's going on there? So I think I'm just seeing the seventh. Like, I think that's all it is. I'm yeah. seeing the root, and then I sing the seventh, and it's jarring. Oh, I, it is. But I think it's in the scale. Like, I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm pitched correctly I'm for sure that. I'm sure Rihanna note. would tell you. Yeah, I, I think I discussed it with Rihanna. Like, I had to talk about this because I knew this note was really putting you and, and Jen, your wife Jen, out. Um, I heard about it from somebody else, too. But even then, when we were when we were practicing and and made the comments on this, it's it's like, I, I don't want you to change it because it's integral to the song. And it adds, it's like, sometimes you just need to have something really weird that makes your brain go, that's not right, that gives character to a song and that's definitely does it here i definitely found that you've got some character (laughs) some character and some that's not right (laughs) (laughs) i like it though as as off-putting it is as is as off-putting as it is So yeah, and story-wise, I don't know if your experience, like we, we were talking about how 
you and I went to Edgewater, Edgewater Park, Park together School, yep. right from kindergarten through grade, grade eight. eight. Yep. And um, did it seem to you that we got evacuated and sent home fairly often or I, it was just so I memorable? I don't remember it too much. I remember like the thing that I, I was thinking like, maybe he's thinking about like, remember the, the eclipse that it, we got to stay at And we had to hide for? in the basement. In the basement, we had hot dogs. Couldn't go home at lunch. We'll distract them from the we'll eclipse. <laughs> but yeah, I don't... Gas leak? And, and I don't remember a gas leak. Yeah, no. maybe a blizzard they would send us home. What was the other thing that was going on? Water main break. Oh yeah, for sure. That yeah? was real. There's a yeah. water main break? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember Yeah, like the things. water main break, so we just had no water in the school, right? Couldn't flush the toilets, no water fountain. Send the kids home. Can't boil the hot dogs. No, can't boil the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, and for the eclipse where they had like all the windows taped. Yeah, they shut. had garbage bags. Yeah, taped garbage over bags the taped over because it was like going to kill I us. Think we were in grade two or something. It was right? awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it was really weird. It's like you, we're going to lock the whole school down yeah. inside while this eclipse happens, and we yep. can't have anybody looking because they'll just go blind. Welcome to grade two reminiscences with Darren and Robin. Yeah, so. I really think we did get sent home a lot, and uh, it's kind of weird. No, you can't stay here. You got to go home. But both my parents worked, which was kind of unusual yep. in the early 80s. Yep. A lot of moms just stayed home still. Uh, we were back... both latchkey kids. Latchkey kids. That's right, because both your parents worked yep. as well. Uh, it was becoming a more common thing, but yep. it wasn't built around that. So I would end up going to like the neighbor's house. Or... I was, I was going to ask you, so... Probably next door neighbors. Yeah, the Nisbets. The Nisbets, that's yeah. right. I think that Smurfs Rescue was probably played at our good buddy Ron's house. Yeah. Because he definitely had Smurfs Rescue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, remember playing Smurfs Rescue. Yeah, I think Nisbets. I ended up there. This is the song that gets a little fictional because I I can't clearly identify three different times. Uh, that so I they went. are lies. <laughs> yes. Okay. He's full of lies. Um but the the it's it's generally a true thing uh, <laughs> that there would always be an Atari twenty six hundred in the basement. Yep. I get sent, you know, I couldn't go home, so I go end up at somebody else's place. Yep. Sent down to the basement, and I would just play video games the entire time. But then when my parents would come home, it'd be like, okay, okay you time can, to come home, yeah, Robin. Time, yeah. That's I remember okay. Mrs. Nisbet saying, yeah, your your parents are home now. I'd be, okay. And then I would just keep playing Vanguard in their basement. That was just information you're giving me. You're yeah, not thank, actually telling thank me you for that information. about it. Yeah, I just kept playing. Yeah. So, Who uh, had fast food? That one is the made-up one. I asked Rihanna for another okay. game name Yeah. because uh, I want to change that every verse. Yeah. And she said fast food. Cause Why was... couldn't you talk about playing Cosmic Arc at some guy's place? Pitfall. Well, I don't remember that being true either. You wrote a song about it. No, not at, but not, oh, not during evacuation. Okay. Well, you could have made it at least closer to being true. <laughs> well, fictionalize the whole thing. So, um... You know what I really like? This is the fun drum bit for me in this song. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think it's as emphasized on the album with you and Rihanna, but in the third verse, the blizzard, the fictional blizzard verse. Um, so they shut down the school and then there's kind of this lull. Yeah, we go and then silent. We come back in. Yeah. But when we play it live, you let me do the big, <laughs> big smack yeah. at the beginning to start us up. And I like doing it. We have finally made it through the first seven songs. Yes. Which, now it's time for the trilogy. Yeah. 
So on Place Without a Postcard, this is uh, Quinella Holiday, Love's on Sale, and then If Ned Kelly were king, Was King, are all this kind of trilogy of joined songs. They're thematically joined, and also they're musically, they're all connected. Can, can I just do a quick aside here? Yes. For the dedicated people who listen to Comfortable Place on the Couch, yeah. who are listening to this, yes. after we recorded Place Without a Postcard the other night, I was thinking, Lucky Country. And you know how I was trying to make the case for Lucky Country kind of fitting into the whole B-side thing? Yeah. So much of the trilogy is about gambling and luck and how things work. Lucky Country. There's an obvious connection there. Right. At least I thought there was an obvious connection yeah, on Sunday yeah. morning. And that's kind up. of playing up the idea of do we deserve mm-hmm. how good it is here. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. If this is just didn't make that connection to tie it into the yeah, to the trilogy that I, I was trying to do on a broader I scale. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for being loyal listeners. After years of resisting my pleading and whining, saying no to me, asking for an Atari and a television and a game console. Mom heard that a computer would be good Surely I could learn something from it Instead of just playing those games So it was decided and Dad put in charge We went to Cole's bookstore and there we found A buyer's guide for computers We didn't buy the book, we just stood in the store So yeah, the way it happened, as as I describe in the psalm, but uh, basically I finally got the okay from my parents. Yes, you could buy a computer with your own money. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had saved up for my paper route and yeah. uh, we went to, dad and I went to Victoriaville to the Coles bookstore and dad found a book that said like buying a home computer or whatever. So he flipped through it. And the only criteria was the price. <laughs> That's right. He, he looked through the whole book, and it was like Timex Sinclair, one thousand ninety nine dollars. You can buy that one, Robin. Yeah, that there. That's a good computer for you. Why? <laughs> I, I don't really it's know if I cheap. want that one. It's ninety nine dollars. And the didn't the Sinclair one. didn't it have like that that membrane keyboard yes. thing? Like there weren't actual keys. There was just kind of like a button below the surface and you could kind of press on the Yeah, it was like a really plasticky cheap calculator. Yeah. yeah, keyboard. It wasn't even individual chiclet keys. No. It was just this flat surface. And uh, so, yeah, we went to the bookstore. We didn't buy the book. We stood there in the store, figured that out. When you're trying to do things on a budget, you don't buy the book. So then we... Got back in the car, drove all the way home, because that's how you did things back then. Pulled out the phone book, looked up computer stores, right, and then started calling. And my dad would call each one and say, do you have the Timex Sinclair 1000 computer? For $89? For $99. Oh, oh for $89, yeah. yeah. <laughs> $79? Uh, and finally found a place, so we had to make an appointment with this guy. Weird. Showed up. Yeah. 
And this guy is a real character. I still don't know if I want to name him, but he was a prominent computer guy here in Thunder Bay uh, for a long time. I almost had to work for him. In fact, when I started my fairly long career at T-Bay Tell, the telephone company, part of it, I was on a job placement from university at T-Bay Tell, which was, you know, a big company of a few hundred employees, uh, pretty good pay and everything. I had a placement there. I had to get another placement, not T-Bay Tell. Mm-hmm. And the only place I could work was for this guy okay. that sold me this computer. I got hired at T-Bay Tell yeah. because I really did not, because I begged not to have to work, work for, for this the, guy. The guy that you bought the computer from. A computer today. Well, there you go. You totally ripped off Quinella Holiday. You heard with it? With that riff at the end. Yeah, at the end of buying a computer. And the segue into yeah. programmed for hours. Yeah, so that, that we call that in the business a quotation. Nice quote. Yeah. Did you attribute that quotation anywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I put a in the liner notes buried in there somewhere inspirational thanks midnight oil for their album place without a postcard as um we were listening to programmed for hours there i was looking down at my notes for loves on sale yeah because that's the corresponding song that's right you've got this transition this nice transition from the previous song just like on the oils album yes i've got written down moody spacious arpeggios just like on the Oils album? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. I was borrowing heavily for the mood. Yep. But actually this one, I think I'm actually ripping off those two chords, C sharp minor and A, mm-hmm. alternating between those for the... So actually that whole intro is basically the same two chords. Um, I believe it's a different melody that yeah. I'm singing. Still... I, I guess what I was getting at was, you know, you, you've got that, what the oils did nicely with this was 
is they had almost this is one of their songs where you get like three for the price of one yeah you know you've got you've got this section then a totally different section and and you're effectively using that same technique in yeah. programmed for hours yeah that's right and so this psalm uh first talks about me bringing home the computer describes the computer but then in the second half of the psalm is my very first time programming i've got my own computer at home i'm programming it uh, I think I remember you coming over when I had this computer. Yeah, I remember being around the the Timex. Yes. So we were trying to write a text adventure game. Mm-hmm. And I think you were even involved this this game I described that's lost uh, yeah. of the space station where you're wandering around the space yeah. station. And uh, the really unfortunate thing is that we could not get, well, that's what the next song's about especially, yeah. but... We couldn't save our game. So when we think about computers nowadays, you can't fathom, like, if every There's time... There's no data storage? Yeah. If every time you turned off your phone, not even turned it off, every time you put your phone to sleep, you lost everything on your phone. Yes. The only <laughs> thing that would be on it when you turned it on is the operating system. Yeah. You'd be back to... No yeah. apps. Yeah. No contacts. Yes. Nothing. <laughs> well, and I remember that, too, with my Commodore 64, before I had my data set. I got the Commodore 64. What are you going to do with it? Didn't have a disk drive. Didn't have the cassette drive, the data set. I might have had a cartridge. Yeah. But I might not have at the very beginning. It might have just been, you know, sit down, program some stuff. Okay. I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's even when I got my Amiga. It did have a disk drive built like later in 1989, I guess, or something. 8889, I think. Probably. Amiga 500. Uh, I By then, I had built up my Commodore 64 collection, so I had all kinds of stuff for it. When I got my Amiga, I thought, oh, so cool. You know, I spent a thousand bucks on it, which yeah. was a lot of money then. But actually, I had almost nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it wasn't easy to program, not the way the not Commodore was, easy, not as no, easy. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I found, I left my Commodore 64 set up, and it was a while before I really start appreciating how good the Amiga was once I'd start mm-hmm. finding some <clears throat> sources. Stuff was so expensive back then too, eh? Yeah. Like I remember I spent a thousand dollars. Okay. And keep in mind a thousand dollars was worth a lot more this back is, then yeah, too. Yeah, in, in 89. Riding my yeah. 10 speed bike to the mall from the country because I lived <laughs> oh, yes. in the country. Yeah, I didn't once you live had in the moved country. out to the country. Yeah. You know, I, I rode my bike maybe five kilometers to the mall. Bought a thousand dollar hard drive, hundred megs. I was on my ten speed bike riding back to my house with this, with, <laughs> with my your thousand dollar. But oh, it was just a different world. And like this was like one of the. It seemed like oh, I was running bolt and board systems at the time. Yeah. It seemed like oh, this is going to be like the biggest. It definitely was the biggest Amiga bolt and board going yeah. on in town at the time. But oh, a totally different time. <laughs>
Some of the songs on the album, just listening through them this afternoon, I was having a hard time thinking, okay, which which one is this? Which one is that? Even though I'd just been listening through Place Without a Postcard a lot the last couple of weeks. Yeah. This one, the chorus is definitely Ned Kelly. Yeah. But not all of it is. Uh, yeah, that definitely the chorus is, is very much borrowed from If Ned Kelly Was King. Mm-hmm. Um, going for that kind of sing-song... That big chorus. Yep, but definitely it, it 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 comes in quickly, quickly and soon in the song, it picks up and it's got a lot of energy going behind it. Whereas uh, Ned Kelly is very moody at the beginning. It takes its time building into the song. Yeah, yep. And then you you have your another loving quotation at the end of this at the end of the song. Yes, yeah, that that's right. Just to to tie it in. Uh, we bring back that quote uh, from Quinella Holiday, uh, just like if Ned Kelly was yeah. king, yeah, yeah, and just great. to kind of make the full circle on the trilogy, yeah, and that that song's just more of these weird little stories that I collected about um, because I couldn't get my the Timex Sinclair uh, had no data storage built in and didn't even have an official cassette drive or okay. disc drive you had to kind of like supply your own yeah you just go grab your old tape deck that you know grandma yeah. would record her stories on yeah and try to plug it in yeah. and just would not work and my parents had no idea how to help me with it you know mm-hmm. uh the computer store was no help and um but my aunt had this boyfriend who was into he had a vic 20 oh yeah and thought oh maybe he could help so she brought me there he was a strange character um but even he couldn't figure out how to get the thing to work so Mm. that's when we just gave up on it but i have this clear memory i guess i was like 11 years old and he's showing me his vic 20 i think he's saying why don't you buy one of these instead yeah they're almost as cheap and um he had all these little programs he was some sort of engineer and he had all these little programs uh, to do different tasks that he had written. And actually in the song, I say to calculate pi, mm-hmm. uh, he had a program to calculate pi. But really, it's it was to calculate PSI, a very different thing, pounds okay. per square inch in like hydraulics. Yeah. But like, I remember, it's kind of weird that, well, here I am, what, 30, <laughs> 34 years later, and I can, as an 11-year-old, uh, remembering this PSI calculation program, uh, but I couldn't fit that in lyrically. So I said so to calculate pi. pi because there was an article in a magazine I was reading back then about how to calculate pi experimentally, like programmatically, yep. Yep. where you would randomly drop pins on a two-by-two two square. and a circle inscribed within it. Yeah, yep. and then the circle would form based on the fraction yep. that would fall within the, ra- the ratio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So that, that's, that's, I'm confessing another lie in my lyrics. Um, and we've heard it in, in previous songs, but uh, your daughter's got this really nice organ sound that she's been playing in the yeah. last few songs. You can hear it again in this one. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I like that riff. And again, she's doing the job uh, because because of my lack of lead guitar skills. Sure. Uh, she does some pretty cool turnarounds, oh, I yeah. think, in this song especially. Yep. And sometimes um, I coach her on them, but I can't take much credit. But she'd be like, I don't know what to play, she'd say. Yeah. And I'd go, well, go, or whatever. <laughs> Not even in tune, yep. probably. And she'd go, oh, okay. And then she'd turn that into real music. Yeah. So it was pretty nice. That's I, cool. Uh, there's quite a few times where she'd be, I don't know what to play on the solo, or there's nothing to play. I'd say, just sure. Meadly, 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 Yeah, just meadly, go. <laughs> and then she'd go, okay. And then it would turn into real music. Yeah. I can't wait till my kids grow up. <laughs> like a program that calculated high, we gave up on Sinclair. Come in loud. You come in fast. You come in rough with the vocals. It's it's a different kind of beginning to this song um, than Lucky Country is. Yeah. Um, the the big thing I borrowed here was uh, lyrically. Uh, there's a line down down the stairs. Yes, down down the road. Is it down the road? Yeah. And then. Uh, an eight mile drive, I think, mm-hmm. or something, and then it's a two hundred mile drive to Duluth, where we are in Thunder Bay. We're about fifty kilometers from the Minnesota border, mm-hmm. and the biggest city. It's only it's actually not even bigger than Thunder Bay, 
but it's so American in that they have yep. like interstates yep. and big shopping malls and all yep. these things we don't have. Well, and there's just people in the state. So even though the city itself isn't as populous as Thunder Bay, there's lots of people around it. It just seems to be people. Oh, man, life. They can just support it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we would often go there for shopping. And uh, that, so anyway, that's how we ended up uh, heading that way. But yeah, so I, I borrowed those lyrics, but adapted them. Mm-hmm. That Like those two lines. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that Lucky Country actually has a whole bunch of different chord progressions. They're kind of like cycles of four chords. Okay. That change, though, they change key and they change, they shift. Mm-hmm. So I did the same thing here. They're, okay. I think they're all different chord progressions than what Lucky Country used. Yeah. But that same shifting where what key are we in now? And yep. oh, it kind of yeah. goes back. It kind of comes and goes. Yeah, I, f- I found when playing this, even though I have notes in here on, on the different things, because this is another one of those, you get a lot of bang for your buck type songs because there's a bunch of different things going on musically in the song that changed from here to there. Yeah, I have a hard time keeping my place in the song. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's always just kind of cycling round and round. Yeah. I guess. So what are we going to come back to this time? Oh, do I do this at this point? I don't remember. Baby, look at the baby, better. Look at my notes. Yeah. Oh, I've lost my place in the song. I hope I get it right. story-wise, this song kind of, you know, I finally got the last three songs, the trilogy, were all about me finally getting a computer, but then it ended up being a, a real loss. I had to return it, it just didn't work right. very well. Uh, so I was really despondent, but in this song, you know, it's like, well, let's see what we can buy in Duluth for a good price. Yeah. Uh, I was going to buy a VIC-20, which was currently the, uh, the kind of like the best cheap computer yep, around at the time. the entry. Yeah, the entry level better than a Timex Sinclair in oh, yeah. almost every way. Uh, so I, I was planning on buying that, but we walked into the store to buy it, and my parents were like, oh, this computer just dropped, and it was probably like that week. This was March 1984, mm-hmm. and Commodore had just been aggressively dropping the prices on their computers to drive everybody else out of business. And so the Commodore 64, which was so much better than the VIC-20, uh, had dropped down to $199, where even the Vic was going to be like 130 or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but my parents, well, why don't you just buy this one? It's only, it's not that much more money. And it's, so much more. It computer. seems like it's so much better. Yeah. They, they knew enough to suggest it. And I think I was so set on the Vic 20, I was almost resistant. And I was like, oh, no, no, yeah, I should buy this. 
So yeah, it's kind of like it worked out very well that for not a whole lot more money, I ended up getting a computer that uh, lasted me right through till the late 80s. Mm-hmm. I used that same Commodore for oh, yeah. five, six years, um, including I lived in Australia in 1987. Uh, I couldn't bring my Commodore with me partly because of different power uh, issues and video standard, yep. the PAL versus yep. NTSC thing. Uh, but as soon as we got to Australia, I bought a used Commerce 64 um, and used that all year. And yep. especially when I was suddenly at the school, I didn't immediately manage to make friends there having my Commerce surprise, 64. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Imagine that. I remember when you were in Australia, we would send letters to each other. Yes. But we would type them up on the Commodore 64, print them out, yeah. and then... So that's how we used to send email. You type it up on your computer, you print it out, and you'd send it in the post. And you send it, yeah. And I think we'd even, uh, I did a bit of disc trading back with Canada. Maybe that was more with our friend Ahaleus, but um, yeah, that was that was a, a fun year, uh, which is also where I got introduced to Midnight Oil mm-hmm. and brought that back to you guys. Yeah. So yeah, and the end of the song, I'm kind of imitating Pete's rant. Yeah, for uh, sure. But just well, even before you get to the rant at the very end, there's yeah. that acoustic guitar kind of bit. Oh that comes yes, in. yeah, that's right. So I imitated that part where this acoustic guitar breaks through, yep. and all the other instrumentation stops. Um, yeah, I just had to had to do that. Oh yeah. Uh, and then this rant where I name all the Commodore 64 games that I. Uh, well, maybe not all of Certainly them, but so, of them, so but many of them. Tons of classic 64 yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, that just seemed like a fitting, I didn't know what else to rant about. So yeah. it seemed like, hey, I can make a big list of all the games I loved and, and rhyme them off at the end here. But my parents were worried I'd break in or set off some alarm. So all I could do was read the user's guide. How to type in programs to play Row Row Your Boat. Or make a Commodore balloon fly across the sky. I couldn't wait to go back home. And back home we finally went. Walking to the corner store to buy the new issue of Transactor or Ahoy. Riding my bike down the road to Sellers to buy Jumpman Jr. on cartridge. Typing in that balloon sprite demo from the Commodore 64 Programmer's Reference Guide. And then later, Clay Bruce Lee and Arkanoid, Ultima 1, 2, 3, 4, my favorite quest of the Avatar. Barnscale 1, 2, 3, Questron 1 and 2, Legacy of the Ancients, Play Hardball, Beating My Friend in 40. So, final thoughts on the album? You gonna are you gonna keep it, or are you gonna <laughs> hold on to Place Without a Postcard instead? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Robin, I think I'm gonna keep Place Without a Postcard. Yeah, I, I would too. If if it was a matter of what I could keep, um, yeah, I'm happy with the album. Uh, you know, I definitely it'd be nice to improve on it. Uh, but you always... but for a 28 day project, and yeah, of course, you know, finessing and and. and working things out afterwards yeah, too, I, but the I did, bulk of the work going in yeah mostly it was recording the one month and then um you know i fiddled with it over a while it wasn't actually released until 20 late 2016 um yeah so for my band uh 
I've got, there's this album, uh, Bedford Level Experiment is the name of the band. If you Google for it, just add the word band. Otherwise, you'll get an old Flat Earth experiment, yep. uh, which is pretty fun, which is its own uh, diversion. But um, yeah, if you, if you Google that, we got a web page. You can subscribe for my mailing list if you're interested in this kind of geek music that I'm continuing to make. Mm-hmm. People can listen to the whole album online for free. Yeah, it's on Spotify uh, to stream, Bandcamp to yep. stream. And if you do want to buy it, uh, it's on iTunes, Google play uh and from Bandcamp uh, as well if you want high quality and we should think of something fun for folks because i i will pay for postage if you throw in the cd what what should people <laughs> do to to get a free cd what's the the first person who does the thing gets a free cd yeah so if you or listen the, to the oh, end of the show yeah and you send us a note uh telling us your first memory of a video game or a computer game or arcade game. Sounds good. You want them to tweet that to yeah, you? Yeah, you tweet that at me. And what's the Bedford level tweeter? Yeah, it's uh, Bedford, B-E-D-F-O-R-D, L-V-L-E-X-P. So if you search for Bedford level E-X-P, you'll, you should find us on the tweeter. On the tweeter, Excellent. And uh, if, you, if you're already following Robin Harbrin, at Robin Harbrin, uh, I meant there's a link to the Bedford page. Excellent. There. You've got, uh, you mentioned, um, nerd solo, another album you've done yeah, as well as a bunch of just kind of singles, all kinds of singles and there. stuff. Yeah. Lots of good nerd music that you can listen to. Yeah. Mostly about computers and video games, but some science fiction and, uh, some yep. other stuff like that. And check him out on YouTube as well. Cause he's oh, got yeah. lots of neat live performances. You can find it all on the Bedford level experiment webpage. Yeah. Right? Bedfordlevelexperiment.com uh, has links to it all. And we've got official videos for uh board in my room and place without a computer. The first two songs And I hope to finish more videos for some of those songs. Thank you for listening to a very special, highly focused... Extra nerdy (laughs) and (laughs) self-indulgent. And with that, it's time to retract the CD out of the player. Slide that CD back into its folded piece of paper and cellophane envelope thing and say good night until we meet again so for robin harbin i'm darren folds good night good night <laughs>